When you're hiring, it feels amazing to finally close out a job search. But what if you could get rid of the search and just match? You can with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites according to a recent Indeed survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to the Sooner Sports Podcast, presented by Riverwind and Allstate. Now, here's your host, Chris Plank. All right, welcome into a special Monday edition of the Sooner Sports Podcast, a complete breakdown of the field of 64 as mayhem is here. University of Oklahoma Sooner softball team number one overall seed will go in-depth with Aaron Miller coming up in moments and Patty Gasso here in just a second. But first... This episode of the Sooner Sports Podcast brought to you in part by Communication Federal Credit Union, looking to provide the best overall value and financial product and services available. Communication Federal Credit Union, official partner of Oklahoma Athletics, equal housing lender, federally insured by NCUA. The field is set. Oklahoma is a number one overall, and they've got themselves a challenging draw. On Friday night, the Sooners will welcome Morgan State, for a 7.30 first pitch, we'll be on the air with a 7.15 pregame show. And then the Sooners, if they can beat Morgan State, will play on Saturday at 3 o'clock against the winner of the Texas A&M-Wichita State game. Sooners have already played Wichita State this year. Man, it seemed like every single year, uh, Texas A&M prior to about 2016 had been coming to the University of Oklahoma for a super regional or a regional, so the Aggies are back, sure to be a fun weekend. Moments after the field was announced, Patty Gasso talked about just finally getting to the final stretch. Um, I just am relieved that it's over, to be honest. I just, everybody anticipates, so whatever we were dealt, we'd be ready for, so honored that we're number one, uh, but you gotta go through everybody just to get there, so we're, we're honored. You talk often about championship mindset. What is it that you have your team preparing for right now so when they kick things off, the road to Oklahoma City, their mindset is in the right place? Holly, I don't think we do anything different. We've been doing it since we got back on the field in August. So we're going to continue on with what we do. Uh, It's been good so far, and we're just going to keep going. I think it'll be what we are. That's who we are. So trust it'll be good enough when we need it. 
From the outside looking in, this is a historic batting lineup. You have some of the best hitters in the country and maybe even in college softball history. When you see your team, what are the strengths and weaknesses that stand out? Uh, strengths, offense, obviously a lot of power, but we can score in a lot of different ways. So we don't have to depend on one player. I think we're pretty strong through the lineup. Uh, pitching staff, very hefty, got a lot of arms to be able to use when we need them. Uh, I think our defense is a little bit underrated, but I always love defense. So um, I don't know what our weaknesses are right now. Um, I better figure it out here pretty soon if we have some. So what does it all mean? What do we think about the Sooners' draw and the path they have to get back to Oklahoma City? We talked with Aaron Miller, but we started with a recap of the Big 12 Championship. I sat down with my daughter. We rewatched the championship game on Sunday afternoon. You crushed it. I, I loved listening to you and Kevin. I told you that I feel like I learned something every time we talk. I know it's a challenge when you're calling things remotely, but what was it like to call the Big 12 Championship game for you this weekend? It was awesome. You know, we've it, it's been now almost three years since we've had that tournament due to weather in 1920 due to COVID and so it felt good to see the Big 12 back at the Hall of Fame field. And I'm going to throw the compliment back at you because I got to drive up for the evening games on Friday, had many conversations with fans that were raving about uh, the connection between Plank and Aaron when we get on the show together. Yes. So yes. I'm just saying, we're, we're kind of a hit. We're double dipping here a little bit today. <laughs> so I, I'll, I'll edit this out of the podcast. But for those that aren't aware – uh, Aaron and I are now doing, what, two pods a week leading up to the Women's College World Series, then we'll have a recap to just, I, I don't know, I, I guess feed the masses, right, Aaron? We're in a situation yeah. where we, we can't get enough softball information right now, and we, we see a sport that's growing exponentially. I mean, I, I would love to see the numbers on ESPN2 last night. They were a, a Sirius XM for the first time, did a selection show on ESPNU, which was huge. Westwood One is doing all the games on radio. ESPN's moving some of the championship games to ABC. We're seeing a growth unlike anything, I think, in a long time in softball right now, aren't we? No, I completely agree with you. And it, it bleeds over into the social media platforms, Plank, yeah. when we, you, know, you just log on and you see the talk. You see the trending hashtags. I think during the SEC tournament, Bailey Hemphill with her record-breaking home run was trending in the top 10 on Twitter. Like, this is the exposure within our sport, which is so deserved, but there is still room to grow. I think of how the landscape um, panned out with the lack of Pac-12 seeds there, and, and a lot of talk is because of the lack of TV exposure within that conference. So, have we grown? Oh, my goodness, exponentially. Is there still room to grow? Absolutely. Aaron, before we dive into the field of 64 and your thoughts on the seedings and kind of how things played out, take me through this past weekend. I mean, now Oklahoma is able to head into the postseason saying not only were they the regular season champs, they were postseason champs, and they own a run rule win over every single team in the Big 12, a league that put five teams in the postseason. Pretty impressive weekend and a breakout for Kinsey Hansen. An incredible weekend. I, I think that we were bound to see an explosion from OU, especially in that Bedlam rematch of the championship. I know just uh, with the craziness that we saw in Stillwater, I, I never felt like we saw the full potential that OU has in all facets of their game when they traveled down to Stillwater for Bedlam. 
and you finally saw those pieces get put together in the Big 12 championship, um, you know, and, and looking about how things shook out within within the NCAA field here of 64 teams, there are some massive question marks. And I'm sure you have some of the same thoughts, Plank, but the first word that comes to mind is, is the pack. Mm-hmm. Where is the pack? I think that this is probably the most controversial topic of this tournament is that you have a Washington team that receives the 16 seed and now makes OU's journey to the Women's College World Series a of a lot harder, a potential matchup in a super regional between a number one Oklahoma team and a number 16 Washington team. And Blake, when you think about the history of those two programs, those are pretty old women's college world series teams Yep. that now one of those squads will not make it to the hall of fame field. It's hard to imagine that we've got to, we've got to see a showdown between those two programs to make it to that stage. You know, I, I, made, I made this analogy just real quick on that. Let's just focus specifically on the Pac-12. For those that don't regularly follow college softball, the Pac-12 complaining about seeding and where its teams ended up is, is very justified in my mind, mm-hmm. but also kind of like a, a, an SEC fan complaining about the way they're covered. I mean, the Pac-12 has been the dominant conference in college softball. <laughs> they've, uh, they, they've typically had more than you know one or two teams in the top eight. But I, I think they really were hurt in the just overall perception battle because of the COVID shutdowns and how teams weren't able to go out to California. And there wasn't, I mean, a ton of UCLA games that were available over broadcast TV. There wasn't a ton of Oregon or Washington out there. There was some early, but, you know, Aaron, I know it falls on some deaf ears, but, I mean, I, I, I do think with Washington, with Oregon, there's some big-time gripes to be had about where they ended up. I think you're completely correct with how things shook out um, and the the dominance within the pack. I mean, you had arguably four to five top 10 ranked teams within the pack that did not make a top eight seed. It's shocking. And when you look at this bracket, you've got a potential eight seed in Missouri that has an easier route to the women's college world series than the number one Oklahoma team. That's tough. That's, right. that's a tough pill to swallow right there. Yeah, and it's funny that you said that because Oklahoma gets the number one overall seed. We're excited about it, and they deserve it. But I almost feel like there was a punishment for that in that they got a very tough regional. And, and I know some would say, but they run ruled Wichita State earlier this year. You're right. That's a really good Wichita State team. And then you add to it, Texas A&M is coming here, and there's great history there. I mean, I, I'm old enough to remember an Aaron Miller walk-off to clinch a, to clinch a spot against Texas A&M. I think that was regional play, too, was it not? Or was that super was regional? Regional play. Yeah, regional play. So they've always given Oklahoma all they can handle. And, oh, yeah, by the way, you get a, a peeved-off Washington team or – or a really good Michigan team, regardless, that path is as challenging as I think we've seen for a number one overall seed. Well, and you, you mentioned a good point there that Michigan seed, like <laughs> how that, you know, a big ten, a 10 champ not hosting, that, that to me is a head scratcher. I think of Clemson, who was so good this year, their, set, their first full mm-hmm. season, second year to really be on the field, um, Kegel absolutely crushing offensively and in the circle, and they get sent to Alabama, one of the toughest, in my opinion, one of the toughest places to go play is at the Rhodes Stadium in Tuscaloosa. 
So a lot of question marks here for me. Um, I think another hot topic, which you're going to see a lot of popcorn watching this matchup, is the Ducks facing the Longhorns. A massive storyline there with Coach White coming over from the University of Oregon. An OU gal and Missy Lombardi now the head coaching role at, at Oregon. It that to me is going to be a, a massive storyline and one to watch because there there's going to be high emotions and a lot of passion I think within Austin that weekend. I, I felt like it, it's kind of odd because to me you look at the the squads that might have been on the bubble for a top eight and obviously I we're looking at you LSU and Missouri. It's wild how it panned out for Missouri and the draw that they received. And then you look, let's just say specifically the Baton Rouge Regional, and you got two pretty good teams in there, and both McNeese and Louisiana. Now, again, McNeese comes in as the four seed. But Louisiana Lafayette, I mean, the Raging Cage is always bombing. So that's tough. And then I look at Stillwater, and, and no offense to to what uh, Samantha Ricketts has done, but, I mean, hey, listen, I saw Mississippi State this year. Oklahoma State got themselves a favorable draw in Stillwater, I guess, my question, Aaron, as I look at this is, do I have a ton of problems? No. Do I think the committee uh, built up some drama with Oregon, Texas, and making the path tougher for Oklahoma? Absolutely. But, boy, they really picked and choosed, uh, or chose as to which regionals they really made challenging and which ones they maybe uh, softened up a little bit, it seems. Oh, I, I agree with you. And, and I think when you look at the list of what um, areas the NCAA committee looks at, I, I, the point I kept making in a lot of broadcasts is, okay, in the past we've seen such focus on RPI, rightfully so, right? The, the quality of schedule I think is super important. But when you look at this season, Plank, I think this year is an exception because so much is without control of these coaches. You think of the Mary Nutter tournament that normally Coach Gasso utilizes to face the PAC teams, the SEC teams, those Big Ten squads that are high RPI matchups that we didn't get to see because of COVID. We saw nuts weather move through the South. Over 10 games at Texas lost because of that, that snowstorm and that freeze. They lost a game against Arizona. They lost two games against Alabama that were never made up. So, so much of the RPI focus out of these coaches control. They're doing the best that they can. Some conferences only playing conference matchups, so they didn't even get a chance to play other teams. Um, it, it just makes the chaos and the, the adversity of this tournament even greater. The layers in which we have to analyze and pull back to figure out why decisions were made, it's really tough. Agreed. Some people just know bundling with Allstate means big savings. Just like they know the right ingredient means big flavor. They know honey on pizza is where it's at. And olive oil on ice cream is the cherry on top. And they know when you bundle home and auto with Allstate, you can save up to 25%. Mm -mm. Bundled savings vary by state and are not available in every state. Saving up to 25% is the countrywide average of the maximum available savings off the home policy. Allstate Vehicle and Property Insurance Company and Affiliates, Northbrook, Illinois. Agreed. A couple more quick ones, Aaron, and we'll let you get out of here. Uh, first, overall just thoughts. Let's focus specifically on the Sooners and the way that they played this, this weekend in the Big 12 Tournament. Took them a while to get going against both Baylor and Texas Tech, but they end up rolling both. And then just dominant out of the gate against Oklahoma State. What stood out about the postseason next level that Oklahoma was pursuing this weekend? Um, well, a few things. I, I think that first off, you've got to shout out your MVP, Kenzie Hansen, with Huge. five bombs on the weekend. Just 
to me, that was a little fire under her. She didn't get a start role behind the plate during the Bedlam matchup in game three. I think that fired her up a bit. And you saw her play with just a chip on her shoulder. Like, you know, if if you're going to second guess me, even with the Big 12 honors, some of the decisions made there, like she was out to prove a point, and she did. <laughs> I mean, w- without yeah. question, she proved why she deserves recognition. Uh, and, and, of course, I have to mention Jada Coleman. I, I cannot even express or articulate what we're witnessing what the public, what softball fans are witnessing. And I'm just going to throw this out there because of what we've already seen and just what my gut is telling me. Jada Coleman is going to become the face of OU softball. What you're witnessing her freshman year is, is just scratching the surface of her ability. She stepped into an outfield role, which she doesn't normally play, came into this program as a left-handed shortstop, and she's robbing home runs. She's <laughs> diving to make plays that – that any other outfielder wouldn't even be able to put a glove on. Um, And, oh, by the way, she's hitting about 500 as a freshman. It's just, it's, it's absurd what we're witnessing her do. And I keep having to remind myself and the audience viewing these games that this is her first season in a Sooner uniform. This is a once in a, in a, I don't know, decade type of player. It's, it's an athletic ability of Bo Jackson. I just, I can't even ar- articulate what we're witnessing, but she is someone that I think is going to shine on the big stage. Um, Jocelyn Allo, I think you have to talk about her and I, I will clear the air. The last time we spoke, I was under the impression this was her last season. She does indeed have another <laughs> year, which is unbelievable. I think you're going to see her make a serious run for Lauren Chamberlain's record. So I'm pleased to hear that she will be back, and I'm going to correct myself. Um, she will have another year to chase after 95 career home runs. So a lot of good talent, a lot of production we saw in the Big 12 tournament. I'm eager to see how they show up as as the pitching that they face uh, gets a little bit more elite. And and then finally, biggest key this week whenever you're in the midst of preparation because, you know, the schedule is set to where, you know, there's no school, right? So you're you're all softball, all in, Aaron. What's this week like and, and how challenging or fun is that schedule when you, when you start the postseason? Oh, my gosh. there There's an electricity in the air when it comes to the end of May, early June. Um, and unless you've lived it, unless you're around it, uh, you you understand what that feeling is like. It's a buzz. It's a magic. And and you are going to see outrageous softball. Just mark my words. You got a glimpse of the craziness within some postseason tournaments. But I'm telling you, when you get to this point of the season, throw out the scorebook, throw out the stats, throw out the schedules and the wins and losses everything on deck, all hands on deck. It's it's throw the kitchen sink and figure out a way to win. I look specifically at who OU is going to face this weekend. Guys, Wichita State is a dang good team. Don't sleep on them. I I know OU gave them a run for their money when they faced earlier this year, but this is a squad that beat Texas. They beat OSU twice. They beat Missouri State. Um, Brad Benner over there knows what she's doing. Always, I've always been impressed with her growth uh, within Wichita State, and I'm I'm eager to see them face each other because I think Wichita State is going to throw their best punch. And as far as Texas A&M, um, if you watch the SEC tournament, it was a heartbreaking walk-off loss 
uh, with Herzog in the circle, Tennessee um, coming up clutch to get a game-winning run in the ninth inning. They have ice in the veins. I think that that this is a hungry team, and and I I always know at some portion in the journey to the Women's College World Series, OU and Texas A&M go head-to-head. We've seen it year over year. I want to say that in my career, Plank, I saw Texas A&M probably three times in the postseason. I mean, it's it's just inevitable. There's there's almost a, an underlying rivalry when it comes to postseason and A&M and OU facing. I, I This is not going to be a cakewalk for Oklahoma. I'm telling you, you're going to see some really good, hard-fought games within Norman. All right, there you have it. This edition of the Sooner Sports Podcast brought to you by Communication Federal Credit Union. Official partner of Oklahoma Athletics. Toby joins us back tomorrow. Recap the weekend for baseball. Get Toby's take on softball and a lot of golf as well. That's tomorrow on the Sooner Sports Podcast. Until then, have a great night. And Boomer Sooner, everybody. This has been the Sooner Sports Podcast. The Sooner Sports Podcast is presented by Riverwind. Home to a luxury hotel, fine dining, and never-ending rewards. Riverwind is still the one. And Allstate. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review however you listen. The preceding has been a Learfield IMG College presentation of the Sooner Sports Network. Some people just know there's a better way to do things, like bundling your home and auto insurance with Allstate, or hiring someone to move your piano instead of doing it yourself. So do things the better way. Bundle home and auto and save up to 25% with Allstate. Bundled savings vary by state and are not available in every state. Saving up to 25% is the countrywide average of the maximum available savings off the home policy. Allstate Vehicle and Property Insurance Company and Affiliates, Northbrook, Illinois.